are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're on this series, The Journey of Life, and I believe we'll wrap it up tonight. I have more messages I want to preach. I finished this morning a church under grace, under the shout where the glory comes out, the spout right there. God's been so good to this church, and we wrap that up this morning. I believe, though I have more, perhaps I might preach another one on this subject next Sunday night, but I believe this is it. The journey of life we saw in this journey, we've looked at waiting on God. God wants us to wait. We're so impetuous, waiting on God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And then we saw working for God, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And then we saw walking with God. The illustration was how that Enoch walked with God, how he pleased God. Walking with Jesus is my soul's delight. And then the, the will of God, two messages on that. God's desire, God's purpose for your life. God has a desire. God has a purpose. And how sad it is that a Christian might live their life and never find the purpose that God has planted you on planet Earth. Or we may be stretching, trying to find something bigger and Grandiose that where God says this is the purpose right here. This is it. And then we looked at last week the ways of God, waiting on God, working for God, and walking with God, the will of God, and the, the ways of God. And tonight, on this, our anniversary, the worship of God. Worship uh, in the Bible, we're not told how to worship. Now, we know we worship in spirit and truth. But God doesn't give us an outline about worship. Worship just simply means an awe, an amazement, a respect, a reverence, a devotion. And so every child of God must worship God uh, daily. There ought to be time where we stand in awe. Uh, I, when I, oh, Lord my God, when I an awesome wonder, when I consider the works of thy hand, the sun, the moon, the stars. God wants worship. God demands worship. God expects worship. In the Bible, worship was found many places. Uh, Abraham had an altar in chapter 12 of Genesis, and then he backslid in the latter part of chapter 12, and he lied, and he got back, chapter 13, verse one through four, to his altar. That was his place of worship. In Exodus 25 through Exodus 40, we have that the Jews had a, ta a tabernacle. It was portable. It was 15 by 45 in length, very small, and it moved with the Jews. And there were three tribes in the front and three tribes in the back and three tribes to the side and to the three, three to the other side. As the tabernacle moved, all the families of Israel moved and they centered their life around the tabernacle. So we had an altar, a place of worship. We had a tabernacle, a place of worship. 
In First Chronicles, in chapter 28 and chapter 29, there was a temple and it was made for worship. And David said, I have my own proper goods given. And he gave a pattern to his son. And he said, God, I wanted to build this, but God would not allow me to build. I've been a man of bloodshed. But son, you're gonna build. And that's, by the way, how I feel. I feel like we have built buildings together. There's more buildings to build, more to buy, more to do. But I feel like it would be so great to be able to hand over to the next generation by the grace of God if they believe right. What this church believed for 44 years and we hand over to them a ministry that's debt free that they might go bigger and, and, and broader in their scope of reaching the world for Christ. You say, won't you be kind of humiliated if they do more, that is my prayer. I want the next generation to do more for God than what we did. And then I find in the New Testament, God gave us a place of worship called the New Testament church. Now, we ought to have our own private place of worship. I have many of them. I have places in my home, it's a place of worship. I have a cemetery over here, over here and over here where I've laid to rest your loved ones and it's a place of worship and I go to those cemeteries to pray. I go to the levee on my bicycle, not to ride athletically to be trim or anything, which I'm not, but I try to go out there and ride my bike and just pray and speak to God, no one's out there. I go down the levee and then go out to the salt flats and it's a place of worship for me. I was out there recently and I, uh, I, I got out there and there's a little area where I can sit and I sat down and I just worshiped God and an awe of God, respect for God, a devotion to God. And then I have a place in my study. My car is a place, normally when I travel to a meeting, I don't take anybody with me unless I fly now. But for the reason is that I might worship God. I don't stay in a hotel with anybody, but there's someone right nearby. And I go there and I don't ever turn the TV on for almost 40 years, never have touched the television. I worship God those nights, I cannot sleep. And I come in here, oh, I love to come in this building. I come into this building when it's dark. Only thing lit is the exit signs, emergency exit, and that cross is lit 24 hours a day. And I walk through here. Every building in America has a certain scent. I hadn't been in my old church for years, and I went back to preach, and it had the same scent that when I was a boy. This church has a certain scent to it. And I walk in, it smells like North Valley Baptist Church. And I walk in, so many times I'll come and I'll worship God right here. I walk through these buildings and through these, these, these balconies and I have the time to worship God. Oh, God's so good. And tonight with our, our anniversary, I want us to know that God gave us the New Testament church. And it's a place where we have Worship him together for 44 years. Schofield believes that the church, and he might be wrong and I might be wrong. He might be right, I might be wrong. He believes the church began in Acts 2. I believe the church began in, Acts, uh, in Matthew 11. When the Bible said Jesus began to call out unto himself disciples. Now I'm not gonna split hairs over that. 
But the word church comes from a Greek word, ekklesia, and ekklesia means to call out. We are called out of the world into this. I love church. It's such a safe environment. There, there's no news in here. There's no news media in here. Uh, there's no sports in here. I, I love the church. I love what we do at the church. It's called out assembly. We gather together. But I want you to know that no church is perfect. Every church has hypocrites. And don't you become judge and jury to figure out all the hypocrites. For when you start to figure out all the hypocrites, you're the biggest. There are hypocrites in the church. There are gossips in the church. There are unspiritual people in the church. There are temperamental people in the church. There are nosy people in the church. There are opinionated people in the church. There's easily offended people in the church. And that's why once in a while, I feel like putting the sign out there, Jack's daycare. And every pastor in the world knows what I'm talking about. And then there's positive things about the church. The most godly people I've ever met at the New Testament local church. I'm so grateful for so many people that had a huge influence on my life. Almost all of them are gone. All my Sunday school teachers. My pastors are all gone. Those deacons. Never had a youth pastor. We didn't know about a youth pastor. My pastor's wife, such a strong influence on my life, she's gone. I had her funeral years ago. I, I think of deacons that I knew, and deacons here, that God has given me through the years that are on the other side. Oh, I tell you, I've met the best people at church. Oh, I know there's gossips. There's people that use the internet that ought to get off that thing. They're hurting others. I tell you, I love the godly people I've met. I've met people that I just love. Godly people. Almost every Sunday night before prayer, I go over here and McCracken's are prayer warriors for me. and They got 60 years this Wednesday of marriage. And then I get to see so many times Sister Julie over there. Oh, I wish you knew her husband. Well, Joel, one of our good deacons, he's with the Lord for many years now. Julie, I guess you've been with us, Mrs. Spencer, 43 years at least. I know that many times a day she prays for Pastor and Cindy Treeper. I'm so blessed. I've met the most godly people. You heard a godly man here, that, that dear sweet chairman of our deacons. Oh, I just love being around him and his sweet wife. We never get to visit. We don't, we don't get to visit. On July 4th, we had the hot dog fellowship and they were serving. Jackie was serving. My wife was serving. And I went into the cafeteria. Folks were everywhere that big night. 
after the service of such a special night. Jackie and I began to sit down and just talk, and then her husband came and interrupted the thing. We wish he would have left, but he hung around. And i tell you what, I've been wanting for decades to have a conversation with them about something. And I felt like that night, God allowed me to speak to them. God just blessed my heart as I heard the sweetness in their hearts, the kindness in their hearts. They grew up in a different era. I won't go into all, they grew up in an era that I never believed. I grew up right here, I never knew this existed. And I was in Alabama singing in a meeting in 1969. I got to a little gas station, and it said to the restrooms, whites colored. Colored went to the back. I, I couldn't believe it. I, it was horrifying to me. They lived under through all that. And yet, that's all I'll say about it to say, no chip on their shoulder, no meanness, no retaliation. My heart is so broken what so many people have had to go through, even in our own country. But our troubles either make us better or bitter. And I watched how we just had such sweet fellowship. I guess you'd have to, and it's okay, Jackie's married to this guy, he's like 115 years old. I caught myself up here. I kissed her on the forehead. Well, my, mother, my wife, they're not that, you know, Jackie's not going to be old enough to be my wife's mother, but my wife adopted her years ago. She calls her Mother Dyke. And she's guided her and helped my wife. And I think vice versa. I met the best people at church. The best people. Godly people. I've met kind people at church. I've met generous people at church. I've met holy people at church. I've met moral people at church. I've met joyful people at church. People have been saved for years. And then a Chiago's testimony, two years this morning, I can't get it out of my mind what he spoke about today. Just right on the right, right, just being called up from the auditorium. God helped us with that today. The church. There are seven churches here. I'm getting to my message and I won't be long. There are seven, seven churches. God says to many of them, look what he says in verse number four to this first church. Nevertheless, I have something against thee, someone against thee. Notice what he says to the church at Pergamus, Pergamus in verse 14. I have a few things against thee. Notice what he said to the church at Tyre, Tyre in verse 20. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. And it's my prayer that God would not have anything against this church. And here is a church called Smyrna, and there's no blood on the church. And tonight on this anniversary, it reminds me so much of this church. Yes, there's casualty. Yes, there's hurt. But I tell you what, 
What what a church this has been for 44 years. Notice what God says of that church. Verse 13, chapter 2, I know thy works. And I want you to know that God knows the works of the people of this church. He saw you driving that bus this morning. He saw you in the security. He saw you changing the diaper. He saw you and normally teaching a Sunday school class. He saw you in the choir, the orchestra, and the instruments, and the sound room, and the live stream. God saw that as an usher and the security. God saw all the parking lot attendants today. Heaven must have been rejoicing as he saw your works. God said he saw you tithe and give. That's all part of awe toward God and worship to God. And he said, I saw your work. But he said, I want you to know this. Secondly, I saw your trials. Even where the Bible says, I know that works where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. You're not living in an easy environment, he said. Satan is prevalent. You're not living in an easy time, God's people. You're not living in an easy time and place in America's history. But God says, I'm seeing that. Notice he said, he talks about a martyr. Who knows if our Lord tarries, if we'll suffer martyrdom in this country. He knows, he says, and that's the church at Pergamos. Notice what he says in verse number nine of the church at Smyrna. I know thy works. God knows all those. Every church, he said, I know your works. And I know your tribulation. I know your troubles. And he says, thirdly, I know your poverty. Chapter two, verse nine. I know your poverty. If thou art rich. Listen to that story. He said, I know you're poor, but you're not. You're rich. The church at Thyatira they thought that they had great riches when Jesus said, knowest thou not that they are naked and poor? Don't you know that you're destitute? You don't have anything. Well, we got all this money, but God says you're poor. This church had no money, but God said they were rich. And I want you to see in verse 10 their testimony. Fear none of those things which shall suffer, thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you in prison. You shall be tried and shall have tribulation 10 days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give thee the crown of life. I don't know why I've told this to Sister Spencer before. I don't know why, but for some reason, God gave that verse to me the day I was visiting Brother Joel years ago. And in my heart, I claim it as my Joel Spencer verse, faithful unto death and I'll give thee the crown of life. You know, these people here, they just determine, we're gonna just worship God. We don't wanna have any money, but we're gonna worship God. We're under trial and affliction, but we're gonna worship God. We're working to serve God because we wanna worship God. Tonight, I stand in awe of this place just in awe of this place. As Abraham had a place, and those Jews had a place, and a nation had a place, we have a place called a church. 
And to hear a choir sing, all rise, an orchestra play, a soloist sing, that special music tonight. I sit in this place and I'll sit here. Sometimes there's enough light or I'll turn my phone light on and I'll see all these beams going, all these support members. And I looked at the formed crosses. We didn't plan it that way. There's a long cross right there. And there's a cross right there and there's a cross. It's all about the cross. I love coming in here. I love praying in here. I love praising God in here. This is the place God gave us. And on this night of our 44th anniversary, I thank you for your dedication to this place. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.